Well, good morning. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in today on this beautiful autumn day. Uh, I'm sitting here taping this with my good friend David Abood. David, hey, John, great to be here with you again today. Very, very good as we head toward the end of this year. And it's at this time of the year that we remember the the Christians around the world that are suffering, David. Yeah. And November 5th, this year is set aside for the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We don't often think of this unless we see a magazine or, you know, sit maybe on something on TV. But the number of Christians that are being persecuted today, either through uh, imprisonment or their beat, their, their, some are even being killed for their faith yes. and uh, run out of the country, literally mm-hmm. banished from their country. We're going to talk a little about that today yep. and get into it and why. Why is this persecution seems to be growing? Now, we know as we study church history, it started way back at the beginning. We're going to look at that in a minute in Acts of the Apostles and bring it full to modern day right here, you know, in uh, while we're sitting in this uh, office in 2023. And we're talking about persecuted Christians yeah. around the world. So yeah. I already get into that. Yes, David. I just have just a couple um, 30,000 foot, um, you know, notes on persecution. This was an open door. Uh, open door is a nonprofit that helps support persecuted Christians and churches across the globe. And this was the 2023 Worldwide Watch List. It says every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every day, 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked. Every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are abducted. Uh, and also, the, with the nations that we're going to talk about listed, there's 309 million Christians living in places with very higher extreme levels of persecution, up from 260 million in last year's list. Yeah. So one of every seven that live in the associated countries suffer some form of persecution. Right. That's over 300 million Christians. And often they're the minority in that country, which yeah. makes it that much harder. So let's go, we'll go. I just want to do a little biblical overview about yeah. this persecution. And of course, it was Jesus that said uh, in in chapter 15 of the Gospel of John, in, in verse 18, he says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would, not, would love its own. Yet because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world will hate you. So this is where it begins. And what really, really ha- dealing with here is light. Jesus is the light of the world. He's bringing salvation. And darkness, darkness hates the light. Right. And that, that's a yeah. very real thing we're going to touch on. Mm-hmm. He says, remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours. So there's the word literally persecution. Yeah. And again, this coming Sunday, uh, we're praying for the persecuted church. It, it's what it talks about. And I have not come uh, and spoken to them. They would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. So right there you see it. They, yeah. the, 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 a lot of this hatred, I, I think they don't even understand why they hate yeah. Christians or why they hate the gospel. I totally right? agree. Uneducated. Uneducated you know. on the Bible. And it's just a reaction. Mm-hmm. And now... Uh, Again, picking on that same theme where Jesus says in chapter 16 of the Gospel of John, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. In other words, in your faith, 
don't be surprised when these persecutions come, these imprisonments come, this suffering comes. What he means is, I'm going to tell you before it happens, so you don't grow weak in your faith, or he used the word to stumble. Then he says this, then they will put you out of the synagogues. So in other words, there's going to be religious persecution. They're going to put you out of the synagogue, excommunicate you from religious life. We see that in the New Testament. And then he says in the same verse two, the time is coming, uh, whoever uh, kills you will think that he's offering God's service. So as you notice that he's saying, first they put you out and now they kill you. And they think they're doing God's service, the work of the Lord. And, of course, this is what happened with Paul. Uh, before he became a Christian, an apostle, he was persecuting the church. And was there, he was there when Stephen, yeah. uh, he, was, he says, I dragged men and women out of the houses and cast them into prison. He was on his road to Damascus <laughs> to get more arrest certificates to, to, to close down churches. So that's what he was involved in. You know, it's very interesting right from the get-go. Where do they get that kind of information that they're doing a service to God by killing and destroying Christians? They just think that they, yeah. let's, let's eliminate them. See, here's the thing. You cannot stop the message. Nobody can stop. Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word endures forever. Right. He also says, the gates, you know, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you're not going to stop that. If you can't stop the message, you stop the messenger. And you kill him, you imprison him, you throw him out of your country, whatever. But it's just, it's fruitless, you know, because you can't. Yeah. You can't suppress the truth. You know, you ever go to a swimming pool and push down a beach ball into the water, what happens? Oh, it pops up. Yeah. Yeah, this truth is the same way. It's just not going to be extinguished. But in the process, there's a lot of poor people. They're dying and they're homeless, they're refugees, Mm -hmm. they're losing their jobs. Uh, because of this kind yeah. of persecution is coming. And Jesus will go on to say, um, and again, there's there's people, many, many, uh, quite honestly, we're going to look at a list of where the more persecution is coming, and of that a lot of them are is Muslim countries, yes. predominantly Muslim countries, and often that's why they will say, Allahu Akbar, which means God is great, even while they're persecuting a Christian. Let's say it might be in Yemen or Pakistan or the Sudan. And so... It has religious overtones, David. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, um, yeah, so right from the very beginning, we see this persecution is coming. And I was just recently in Italy, of course, and I was able to go to see the prison of Apostle Paul. Yes. I saw um, the Colosseum, of course, where many Christians were killed, uh, executed for sport. And one of the main reasons they were is they, they, they actually considered Christians atheists because they didn't believe all the gods of Rome. Yeah. They didn't believe in emperor worship. And they thought this group, this religious group is very strange. And then when they had the great fire in Rome under, under the emperor Nero, he blamed it on the Christians because they weren't worshiping the gods and all this. And this was a punishment. And that's when he tortured and killed many Christians. So my point being right from the, right from the get go, uh, Christians are being persecuted. And that brings us fast forward to today you know, 2023, that's why we take this Sunday and and think and pray and make note of the fact that there's people, brothers and sisters around the world that are going through horrific, horrific suffering. And we're not aware of it unless we make ourselves aware of it. We thank God in this country we still have freedom yeah. to settle at a church like this this morning, but it may not always be the case. Absolutely. So, John, can I read what 
Christian persecution is. Yeah. Uh, the persecution of Christians refers to the mistreatment, discrimination, oppression, or violence directed towards individuals or communities who identify as Christians or follow Christian faith. It involves the infringement of their basic human rights, such as the freedom of worship, expression, and assembly due to their religious beliefs and practices. There are many reasons why Christians are persecuted around the world. Primarily, Christians are persecuted because of their faith. However, economic and political situations further deepen this problem. In some countries, Christians are seen as a threat to the ruling government, and their persecution is a way to maintain control. Additionally, in many countries, culture and religious intolerance fuel Christian persecution, and in some countries, Christianity is seen as a foreign or Western religion, hence it faces hostility and violence. Yeah, so a lot of different yeah. reasons, but nevertheless, um, it's people that are trying to stop the message from going on. Yes. And they're, and they're just, uh, you know, Christians are often very easy victims, you know, because we're not a militant entity, so to speak. And, uh, of course, Jesus didn't come to for an army, right. you know, or a militant belief system. And so they are like lambs often, you know, but right. Jesus says, he, Jesus even says, I'm going to send you out as lambs uh, amongst amongst the wolves be as wise as serpents be as gentle as doves so he but he constantly forewarned uh believers that this is coming this is coming and um it says uh, early christians expected suffering i'm reading from an article here now christ had died on the cross so there was no higher honor than to imitate that death through accepting martyrdom which is witnessed by one's blood that's mm-hmm. where we get the word marty or martin um, so because Jesus went through it, he was saying, you guys are going to go through this. And if you study the, the, uh, arrest of Jesus, he had three religious trials, uh, two under Pilate, one under Herod, and then he had, uh, three civil or government under Roman, you know, uh, two, two under, uh, let's see. Yeah. He had three civil and three religious. And that's the same thing today. Sometimes Christians are persecuted by a civil government. Like in India today, they have these anti-conversion laws. In others, it's because of religious authorities do not want Christianity in that country. So you see these these twin weapons used against the church. We'll look at a third one a little bit later. But number one, it comes from religious groups uh, that are anti-Christian, or it could come from a government, or it could come from both combined if you're in a country that has a theocracy. In other words, the government and the religion are the same, like in the Islamic country. Uh, if you break, if you desecrate the Quran, that's that's not just a religious law, but that's also has civil, civil implications. And we're going to see how that works yeah. out. It said the Jewish legacy portrayed in the writings, such as the uh, the glorious nature of death, rather than a renunciation of the Christian faith. This would inevitably lead to death or imprisonment. And then of course, it says, why? You know, we get asked the question: Why were Christians persecuted? How was it the church underwent such sacrifice and, and, and persecution and torture. The Roman religion was not intolerant. Rome had accepted its pantheon deities from Italian tribes and from Asia Minor. And they had all kinds. They had Saturn, the god Saturn in North Africa. Uh, the, the, there was other ones that you had Jupiter, Artemis, Diana, Zeus, uh, local, local gods and goddesses. 
as well as the emperor. See, the, the, the emperor often identified himself as a god, and uh, they wanted to be worshipped thusly. Yeah. And so oftentimes it's recorded in history, all when they came into a town, the emperor or the official in a given Roman territory, they would require the citizens to come up and take a pinch of incense and put it on the altar, the charcoal altar, and just say, Caesar is Lord, or Nero is Lord, or whoever it might be. And if you didn't do that, and if you said, no, Jesus is Lord, you suffer. You suffer greatly. You know, yeah. that's how something they would identify Christian. Right. So, man. So th that was it. And so uh, you see this kind of uh, persecution increasing. And I, I made a note of this kind of an interesting thing. If you study Acts of the Apostles, uh, when the, when it opens up on the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches this sermon, and 3,000 people get saved. Now, at that point, there doesn't seem to be any pushback. They, they're meeting together in the halls, um, praying together, no pushback. But as when you get to chapter 4 of Acts, now the authorities, the religious authorities, say, don't, in verse 18, it says, don't speak this anymore. They're trying to muzzle the Christian message. So they called them and commanded the apostles not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. So now go now you have no persecution day of Pentecost. No, right. no, no pushback. <clears throat> now you have verbal commands to prohibit the teaching or preaching about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But when you go to chapter five, uh -huh, verse nineteen, maybe you could read that in verse yeah. eighteen and nineteen. Verse 18 and 19. Oh, you, you can start with 17 okay. through 19. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, See. an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Notice now they're being imprisoned. Yeah. So it starts, number one, there's freedom. Uh, no problem on Pentecost, 3,000 get saved. They're meeting house to house, prayer, uh, breaking of bread. Then you move forward. Now they're, chapter four, uh, chapter four, verse 18. Now they're commanded, don't speak. Then they're imprisoned, right? And now, as when you see in uh, verse 33 of that same chapter, they're starting to plot to kill them. Now they're saying, you see how the intensity of persecution so by the time you get to verse 40, it says, and they agreed with him, and when they had called the apostles, they beat them, yeah. and they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. So do you see the increasing yeah. pressure, violence, and persecution? Mm -hmm. And now when you come to chapter 7, after S Stephen gives his famous uh, sermon, they stone him. See in verse, you can see it in verse uh, 57. Um, through 60. Acts 7? Uh-huh. 57 through right. 60? Uh-huh. Okay. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. There you go. Mm -hmm. Do you see now they're killing? Do you see how it gradually escalated? escalated? Now, that was religious authorities that killed Stephen, but when you get to chapter 12 of Acts, it will say, verse 1, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church, 
Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Now that's the one where they killed Stephen. Those were religious authorities. Here, these are governmental authorities. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. So, so my point being, David, if you had a, a spectrum, a scale, you can put every country on that somewhere. Somewhere there's no persecution. Like on the day of Pentecost, yeah. people are growing, the church yeah. is growing. Then you move. You have others that don't want it to be taught or preached on the radio, maybe on media. They'll shut you down. They don't want you to distribute it. And then you come to this one where they, there's some type of physicality, some type of... Uh, uh, imprisonment. They're going to maybe put you a night in jail. They're going to threaten you with jail. They're maybe going to take away your tax-deductible uh, nonprofit uh, rating. You see, it, it, well, my point is it's increasing. Then chapter five, we see physically, they're being hurt physically. Yeah. They're being beat. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that will lead mm -hmm. with the ultimate murder. There are some countries like North Korea, if they catch you with a Bible, or let alone sharing your faith, they will kill you. So yeah, I find it very interesting where you can plot each country around the world somewhere on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. I find that very interesting. Well, yeah, it, what's the, where is it the hardest to follow Jesus? This was an open door a year, a year ago. It's North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, uh, Yemen, Iran, Nigeria, and India. Nigeria has come higher up to the top now, but when you look at where Christians are martyred the most, Nigeria, 3,530, Democratic Republic of Congo, 460, Pakistan, 307. Yeah, well, what's happening, everybody knows that the Christian faith is growing very fast in Africa, mm -hmm. and there's militant Muslims that are pushing back hard mm -hmm. to try to squelch that growth. But the more they try, the more it's going to increase. Right. And uh, But if you notice, those countries, predominantly besides North Korea, are come from that religious base. Right, Africa. And again, um, the thing with, of course, Pakistan and Yemen, it's not only religious authorities there, but the religion and the government are the same. I mean, they're intertwined. It's what we call a theocracy. Mm -hmm. So you have the weight of the government coming down and religious authorities coming down, and it makes it that much worse. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big... Well, here, here John, here it is, and, and to your point, According, even with all this, according to the updated data from 2021, there are now nearly 685 million Christians in Africa, with 760 million expected by 2025. See, holy smokes! It's 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 what's going on, it? right? Um, even with all this persecution, praise God, you see that. Um, you know, we talked about why that is the case. And, you know, I think what we concluded is, you know, they have a true fear of God. Yeah. Right. We're uh, unlike in the Western world with our, you know, phones and, and our laptops and all of our tech. We just don't have that same feeling. Right, John? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We don't fear God as much as we should. In the Western societies, I mean, you've seen it a lot with your mission trips. You mean the, in terms of um, well, just driving them to their faith that that they fear God, and 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 that's like a big driver, right? Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, these a lot of times these Christians are under attack because a like in India they're passing these anti-conversion laws because they they want to just go back to hinduism you know it gets very radicalized yeah. and these people cling to their faith 
the Christian faith because they realized, I think they read the scriptures and they see what happened and how Jesus warned uh, nearly all the apostles die a violent death. Oh, I know. You know they all, they, nearly all of them. Uh, maybe not John. He ends up banished in exile on the island of Patmos. But you notice uh, each step of the way, you know, this is the this is how the church grows. Now, you want to pray mm-hmm. that you can have peace and there will yeah. not be uh, this violent um, uh, obstruction as you go and take the message out. But you can't be guaranteed of that because you just don't, um, you know, you just don't know, you know, what, what a given country. I mean, we presume upon in our country. I mean, you like to think we're always going to be uh, free to do what we do. To, I mean, even the fact that we're assembled together in a church with freedom uh, tells you. I mean, it's 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 a really a good, uh, it's, it's it's a gift, really, and we don't often think about it. Uh, that why do we have this this um, you know this kind of freedom we have in this country. And we do it with humility. It says in Second uh, Timothy chapter two, he says, "Now, as a servant of the Lord, must not be quarrelsome, but gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to uh, their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will." Do you see that? Yeah. What they don't realize is there's only two kingdoms, really. Mm -hmm. There's a kingdom of light. There's a kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness literally has people enslaved. He doesn't want to let his prisoners go. So if you go in with the light, you go to these places with the light, and and people come to know Jesus Christ and accept him, they're set free. Now, they're they're ambassadors. They're able to carry the light to set more people. They're trying to squelch that light. Mm -hmm. That's why we all in missions we have this phrase that we say, "Light does not fear darkness, but darkness fears light." What do I mean by that? If you look at any country that's Judeo-Christian based, biblically based country, no country's Christian. Don't get me wrong; no country's all Christian. No way. But if you look at America, Canada, England, Scotland, New Zealand, Australia, by and large, they're Judeo-Christian based. That doesn't mean they're a Christian country. It just means they're based yeah. somewhat on the Bible. We Those countries tend to have high tolerance for different views, different religions. So if you're in Cleveland, you could have a synagogue over here. You could have a mosque over there. You could have a Buddhist temple over there. You could have the atheist society meets at the university. Okay, no problem. Light does not fear darkness. Mm-hmm. But if you go into a land that's dark and doesn't have the light, that you just showed us all those countries, they don't want the light coming in at all. It's very graphic. You can almost look. It's really cool, David, because if you ever do these Google map world, you ever see the Google globe yeah. at night, you know, the satellite? Um, if you look at night at South Korea and North Korea, South Korea is loaded with lights, loaded. just looks like Christmas tree, loaded. All these cities light. You look at North Korea, it looks like two or three people have a flashlight. Oh, it's yeah. dark. But that's the spiritual condition, too. There was a great revival in um, in South Korea about a century ago, and there's many Christians there, maybe up towards a third. Mm-hmm. There's some of the best missionaries I ever met in my oh. life, South Koreans. But North Korea, it's in darkness, spiritual darkness. And what comes with that? Poverty, prisons, uh, suicide, depression, the poor people. Whereas Jesus says, it says the enemy comes to do what? Rob, kill, and destroy. 
and you look at those two countries, North Korea and South Korea, and then uh, Jesus says the same verse in John chapter 10, verse 10, but I have come to give you life, salvation, and life more abundantly. And you go, I mean, I fly in and out of South Korea. They are flourishing country, high tech, gorgeous airports, you know, but the, that's the power of the gospel to change lives. Mm-hmm. But this is what we're facing in the world today. The, the Christians in the first century faced it. We face it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you see this. Quite honestly, if you go backwards um, with the word of God, yeah. I mean, God chose Israel, right, and he, to, to, to reveal himself too. He, in yeah. chapter 12, he chooses Abraham. And he says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Uh, And those that bless you will be blessed. Those that curse you will be Mm -hmm. cursed. Well, God's going to entrust that little group of people, the Jewish people, from whence we come, the church, um, with the prophets. All the prophets of the Old Testament were Jewish. All the writers of the New Testament were Jewish, except maybe Luke. All the the scriptures come to us through that group of people. The yeah. temple was established in Israel in the Temple mm-hmm. Mount. That that was the very presence of God. Mm-hmm. The Messiah comes through that Jewish line. Right. The early church was Jewish. We owe them a great, but every step along the way, they're being attacked. Yes. Egypt. They remember the Pharaoh wanted to kill all the little baby mm-hmm. ones. Assyria took them captivity. The Northern Kingdom. Babylon comes in and destroys, takes them captive. That's when Daniel, those guys, went in captivity. Persia, remember Haman? He wanted to kill all the Jews. Remember, he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, then you come later. The Greeks invade and take over uh, Israel. Romans are under uh, oppression. You know, that's the time of Jesus. The Romans ruled at, at that particular time. Then you have later. You have the um, the Crusaders come in and slaughter many that were living in Jerusalem. Yeah. Then you have the, the Islamic, the Muslim, uh, coming in there and, and establishing their things on the Temple Mount. Then you have the Ottoman Empire. Then you come into modern times, 14th century Spain, persecuting the Jews. And then Hitler, six million Jews he killed. All through history, people don't realize, but that's satanic. That's not governments and all this. Yeah, he uses governments, but there's Satanists behind that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And he wants to wipe that out. Why? Because they're bringing light into the world. They're bringing Messiah into the world. Mm-hmm. And of course, Christianity is just the completion of Judaism. You know, that's why we use the Old Testament so much. And he hates the church yeah. for the same reason. You get a great picture of this if you turn to uh, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, he talks about something very interesting. Okay. Um, if you If you notice that, he says, uh, you could read just uh, verses one through three. Sure. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Okay, now, this is a vision John is getting, okay? okay. Something, something is, is going to be happening on the earth, but it has a heavenly uh, precursor. It, it, it's like seeing, it's, if you go see a stage play, something's right. going on on the stage, but you look up in the upper balconies, mm-hmm. above it, there's actually some action going on up there too. So 
he sees this sign in heaven. This is in the this woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and the um, the twelve stars. Well, the only other place that is referenced like that is when Joseph has his dream. Remember, he says, "I had a dream, and my brothers bowed down before me." And they go one. And now he tells Jacob, his father, "I had this dream, and the sun, the moon, and the stars all bowed before me." And Jacob knows. He says, "You mean you mean." Your mother and me and the brothers are all, that's Israel. In other words, it's talking about Israel. Okay. He says, with child, the Israel is going to bring forth the Messiah. That's the critical issue. And Satan hates that. Do you see where it says, and another sign appeared in heaven before the great, look at these titles, fiery red dragon, yes, seven heads, ten horns, that's power, seven diadems, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. They many think this is demon fallen angels, threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as she was born. And said, and she bore the male child. And even Satan at that time wants to kill the child. Of course, we know uh, Herod wanted to kill the baby boys, wanted to kill him. But there's a great war in heaven. Uh, there's this battle going on there with Michael the archangel. And look at verse 9. Read verse 9. Sure. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Notice that. There's the descriptive phrases. He's called what? He's called the devil. He's called Satan. He's called the dragon. And earlier on, he was called, um, he was called the fiery red dragon. And so you see all of these titles to Satan, but he's he's operational in the heavenly realms, but what he's doing up there is affecting people here on the earth. That's, yes. I guess, my point. Yes. You see, and people don't realize this if they don't read the Bible, but once you do, it's like putting on glasses and you go, it's like Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, no. but about powers and principalities and spiritual entities in high places. And so when you study about the persecuted church, yeah, yeah it's governments, yeah, it's these religious zealots that want to kill. But where is that coming from? Yeah. Where is that inspired from? And, yeah. and, and we as Christians, all we want to do is present the gospel. If people want it, fight. If they don't, that's okay, too. You know, there's no compulsion. Not like that yeah. around the world. No. That's, that's, that's the difference between these, mm -hmm. these different belief systems. Yeah. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's the beauty of this. So once you understand these spiritual dynamics, David, then it starts unfolding for you. Am I right? You just start seeing it very, very clearly. And I want to just show you, I'll you know, look a little bit on that and show you how that works itself out. I mean, without the Bible, John, without your walk with Christianity and, and Jesus Christ, you are living blind. You're blind. You are totally blind. I mean, but you don't even know how the world works. You don't know what you don't know. That's right. So you can be as smart as you want and get your PhD in whatever career path you want, but you are naive to the core if you don't understand the importance of the Bible, because there's no way to understand the supernatural realm and everything the way it works in, in our world Yeah, right. W without doing that. Exactly. I, I was blind to that too until 14 years ago. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, I could muscle my way through anything and read a case study and there's always a solution or an answer to any problem. Um, what a, well, I was so naive. We all were. Yeah. Because, I mean, to that point, just look for a moment. Look at um, Ephesians chapter two. 
if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, to the point you just said, um, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, here here's, we are before we come to Christ. Mm-hmm. If you read uh, verses 1 through 3, this is our condition. You just described it, but here it is in the Scripture spelled out in high detail. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Notice that? So that, that's before we were believers. Number one, we're spiritually dead. He says it. You're dead. You're trespassing. Number two, you're walking according to the course of this world. Even you said, "Well, I just thought if I could have a good business, if I could just the world. It's yeah. not necessarily always bad, but if it's just the world, it's yeah. just bad, right? Yeah. According to who? The prince in power of the air. There he is. There it is. So if you think of, remember the mannequins, David, those puppets that mm-hmm. have strings? Yes. Okay. You don't see the puppeteer because no. he's out of the stage. He's about, but you see these things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. We all, he had all the strings on us. Maybe it was alcohol, yeah. it was a pornography, maybe it was materialism with idols. And we were dancing to it, right? Until we get the strings cut, but we don't see the master mm-hmm. puppeteer. He's yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Once you know it, you go, oh. That's right. It's like both of us look back at our old life, right? Like a. I don't even know who that person was. Oh, boy. Anyway, anyways, yeah. Then once the lights go on and you cut the strings and you think, oh, man, I'm free. Yeah, I'm really free now. Yeah, you know, um, it's just like baptism, right, where you where you go into the water, you're dead, and you come out and exactly. you say born. And, you know, there's times where I look at myself in the mirror now and I say, man, looking at the old man who I left, I hope, down in a gully somewhere, <laughs> And move forward because we really are in a new race. Yeah. When you come to the Lord, you're following Jesus Christ. You're in a new race. Exactly right. You're following Jesus Christ. There's only two kinds of people in the world. Those that have been quickened, that is say, born again, you you have the spirit of God in you now, or you're dead. Mm -hmm. There's the quick and the dead. There's those that are spiritually alive, the spiritually dead. We can divide people Mm -hmm. by ethnicity, by race, by culture, by... I wait. I don't care. But biblically speaking, there's yeah. only two people in the world today. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny. I get those <laughs> crazy visuals. Um, but, you know, before, uh, you know, when we were in the world, it was like the Wizard of Oz, right? And Dorothy and those flying monkeys are all around you. They could hit you at any point. And now, you know, like I'm thinking about, you know, the prayer groups. You know, we went to, to our church as one uh, last evening. And it's kind of like you just have this protective shell. And, you know, the flying monkeys are hitting it and bouncing off. Yeah. You can't experience the power of the supernatural and the power you have in Jesus Christ right. until you do. You cannot experience it until you do. Exactly right. And the only way to do it is to get into it yeah. and to be around people that are believers and can push your faith stronger so the thickness of that protective shield gets bigger and thicker and thicker. Mm. It, it's just like any other muscle you have to exercise. Your faith has to be exercised, and you do that from being around other believers, getting into a church, and starting to get in the Word. But you have to realize the Word is the Word of God. Yeah, right. And once once that clicks, I mean, I just thought, yeah, these were guys, you know, 
I was a server boy too, like you. I just thought, yeah, these were pretty interesting, you know, philosophers yeah, or right. people that wrote this Bible. I wonder how much truth it is. And, you know, even when, um, uh, you know, there's some there's some stuff in the Bible that was hard to swallow. Jonah that got swallowed by the whale. Uh-huh. I'm thinking this stuff is so fictitious. It, it's a joke, but as you get into it, you realize, man, this is, this is God's word. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. No, and and it's stable even now. You and I have have said it so many times with the world crisis, everything going on in the Middle East. There's some calm you have in peace that you just can't explain until you're in it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's true. You know, and then we're seeing it as these as the as the Christian faith yeah. grows, particularly in the South. You know, in like we said, yeah, uh, South America, uh-huh. Brazil, and these places, Africa, mm-hmm. of course. And these other places, opposition is increasing. And in America, the opposition is more subtle. We're going to talk about this, David, is that there's two points of attack. There's outside. We just talked about it. The government, Mm -hmm. religious story. We saw what they did to Stephen. We saw that they killed James. We saw what they did with John. They cast him out of that island of Patmos. That's exterior attack. But there's interior attacks on the church. We're going to look at that. Uh, We'll look at that. Yeah. Look at 1 Thessalonians for a moment, 2.18. First Thessalonians, uh, and uh, two eighteen. You see how this thing plays first, itself. The first uh, Thessalonians. Yeah, let me just see if I can get, if I got the way. Eighteen. Let's see. Let me just double check this. Two, eight, um, teen. Um, it says. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's start with verse uh, 14, 14 through sixteen. First Thessalonians. All right. If you have it, go ahead, Jan. Okay. Um, uh, for you, brothers, be become imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God, and are contrary to all men. You notice that? He just sums it up right there. They're not pleasing to God because that. They hate us. They're killing us. For no reason, yeah. forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Now they, all this action is going out. Look at Paul says in verse 17. But we brothers, having been taken away from you for a short time in the presence, not in the heart, endeavored more eagerly to see you face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Do you see that? Somehow Satan put a block maybe through these rulers or these these people that were run, trying to run down these Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he kind of pulls, just like to use your Wizard of Oz analogy, David, that whole kingdom was kept in fear and was in lockdown with the witch and all these kind of things until what happened? The little the togo, uh, Toto, the dog, right? Pulled the curtain mm-hmm. and who was running it? Who was the puppet master keeping it a little old yeah, man to cry himself. Once that was revealed, you go, oh, I, I got their game. I see their scheme. Same thing the Bible does. Yeah. It shows us the devil's scheme, yeah. right? shows us, oh, I see how he's working in this. So we might think, oh, so maybe we're not allowed to preach certain things on the radio now because it's offensive mm-hmm. to people. Or maybe we're not supposed to, to speak about the true meaning of marriage or all of these different right. things. That, about, the, the, that pushback you get from that, where's that coming from? It's not just men. There's 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 spiritual entities that are pushing in their an operation. 
you, you have to realize whether you're a child, a middle-aged person, or 95 years old, you're in this fight whether you want to believe it or realize it or not. Yeah. It's a daily battle with the supernatural. Yeah. And and, and that's just the way it, it was designed by our father. You're either serving yeah. the devil or you're serving God. Right. You know, you, I, think was, <clears throat> I don't think it was Bob Dylan had the song, you got to serve somebody. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. That's you know, you're going to serve with the Bible, absolutely. Salmon, yeah, which is the fallen world. Yep. Or you're going to serve God. And you know, and the other thing to remember is we have our physical self, but we also have a soul, a spiritual entity that only has two places it can go when you die: yeah, darkness or light, exactly. heaven or hell. That's it. Um, and 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 that's not something you can just you know. I, I like uh, you know we, we have this nonprofit. Uh, with Toon Truce, John, yeah. where you do your videos. Uh-huh. And I love what you said about some people think when you die, it's just like a TV and you just turn it off oh, it, and, they, it, and, yeah. and we're done. Yeah. No, your soul is going to find a place and you sure don't want to be going into darkness for the rest of eternity. You bring up a good point, David, because people, <clears throat> they are concerned with many things. You yeah. Know, retirement, job, get a better job, education, sports, et cetera. But they, they don't think about this life is going to be over one day. What I mean, today means we're one day closer right. to our last day, right? You know, when are we? No, no, but we know we're going to die. So I'm surprised more people don't think about that. You know, ponder that. More people think about their retirement than they do about their death. And it's not a morbid thought. It's just it's a reality. Yes. But if you know about it, you can prepare for it. And that's why the Bible says in Psalm 90, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not right. what a day might bring mm-hmm. forth. And Jesus says, what is that profit of man? Becomes the whole world and loses his soul. You know, I always say the most important part of a car, I don't care if it's a Lamborghini, Jaguar, the most important part of a car is the driver. That's why if you have a friend or relatives getting an accident, the first thing you say, are you okay? You can fix the car. Yeah. You can get these things. But you say, are you okay? So too, mm-hmm. so many people, all they think about is the body, yeah. especially in our day and age. Uh, can I get? Uh, can I look younger? Should I dye my hair? Can I get Botox? Can I, well, you just—it's—it's it, inevitable. You're going to get older. You're going to die. Why not put more interest in the soul? Mm-hmm. You know, that's where Jesus said, "You know, don't fear him who could kill the body; rather, fear him who could kill the body and the soul." That's why he constantly encourages us: lay up treasure in heaven. You know, where rust and and. Um, all of these things, you know, thief can't come in and steal. You know, cultivate your soul. Mm-hmm. You're going to go into eternity with your soul, but people put so much emphasis on their body. It's like a teenager gets his first car. He just like lives for that car, right? He just yeah. identifies with the car. You know, the, it, it's akin to me to, um, you know, a lot of fathers, uh, a lot of people look for how they can defend themselves right. uh, from other people. Right. And protecting their family, their family name, and going through all these iterations, putting security outside your house, you know, taking martial arts, whatever it is, learning, having a license to own a handgun, you're missing it. All those things, sure, you can do all those things because there is bad people in the world. For sure. But the real enemy is the enemy in your life. And if you don't have these tools to figure out how to protect yourself, you are naked and you're exposed. Yeah, right, right. You have no protection. Right. He can get through walls. I mean, it, it is it is what the movies are made of. Yeah. And and that's what you have to realize. We're not, um, 
you know, we're not making this up. You have to really look at it yourself. And it took me a long time to want to spend time on it to see that it was real. Exactly right. So, and so you, when we talked about the attack from outside, mm -hmm. you know, really in the numbers, yeah. these, but the attack in the inside is more insidious because we're seeing denominations yes. crumbling. Churches are going apostate mm -hmm. because of lies. And that's one of the trick of the enemy. Mm -hmm. He can inspire people through these rulers and religious fanatics to kill Christians, but he also can get on the inside and he can bring in false doctrine. Yeah, that's like, here's what um, mm -hmm. Peter's, uh, Paul says this in Acts chapter 20. Uh, I'm going to just read this. Uh, I'm stressing, uh -huh, I'm just stressing the fact that uh, he's getting ready to leave this church and he's very concerned uh, about about uh, what's going to happen to it. And, he said, and he's kind of saying to these pastors, um, here, here, here's what I want you Is to be aware of. Yeah, he's okay. it's in chapter twenty, yep. verse twenty-seven um, through thirty. Okay, I got it. Um, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flocks. See? Yeah. See, savage wolves are coming into the flock. The flock is the church. Savage wolves is, is false teachers. He'll, he'll, I think he even goes on to say that. Well, he says, From your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. See? So be on your guard. Remember that. For three years, I've never stopped warning each of you night and day with. How are they going to disrupt the church? Through lies. Yes. That's, that's, Jesus said Satan is a liar from the beginning. And so he's, what we're seeing in our day of other lies is these lies are getting into churches. Yeah. Like Jesus is not the only way. Jesus is a God. Don't believe the Trinity. Uh, you don't need any way. Mm -hmm. Just be sincere, whatever you believe. All of these things are getting in. And that, that's so Satan can attack from the outside yeah. or he can attack from the inside. Yeah, he can do both. Yeah, we got to be aware of this. Here's what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heeds to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. See, it, we see it, do we not? In our These yeah. churches are going haywire, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Um, so he, what he's getting at here is they're coming in. They're coming. They're coming from the outside. They're coming from the inside. Mm -hmm. And both of that, you really do your homework. You see it's inspired by the prince of darkness. Absolutely. By the demonic. But once you know it, mm -hmm. then you're kind of hip to it. You're kind of like, okay, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You, you can you can like uh, kind of deal with it, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I mean we have earthly uh, protection and armor, but you need to have the supernatural armor of Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, you know, to defend yourself, and and we see that, um, you know, uh, we can put on the armor of Christ, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, shoes shot with the gospel, and the sword of the word. And that's what you do to fight the supernatural. You can't do it with your armor in the physical world. No, you can't. You, you can't do it. And you got to stay. You can cut right through it. Stay with the church. Stay in community. 
maybe somebody's listening to the radio program this morning and just thinking, boy, I don't know. I never heard some of this stuff. But. Yeah. And, and the other thing to remember, and, you know, is, is we were going through the Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, and I just think, you know, I was talking to Marilyn, just think that he spoke it yeah. into existence. And that's what the, the main weapon is for our supernatural spiritual armor is the sword of the word. Yeah, right. So it can cut through anything like butter. Yeah. And and so the the power of the word in the Bible gives you so much more authority and you can trample over scorpions. You can defeat the enemy and the demons. And that's the only way you're going to do it. Yeah. You got to be equipped. You got to yeah. you got to have mm-hmm. uh what God has entrusted to us, you know, the full armor of God mm-hmm. because otherwise we're left wide exposed. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sad because, yeah. He, number one, he's got who he's got. The, yeah. the same yeah. God, it even says he's called the God of this age. Mm-hmm. Chapter four, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, it says the God of this age has blinded the mm-hmm. eyes of those that, that don't see the radiant right. light of the gospel. Right. Got that. Uh, but he's working through governments, he's working through law systems yes. to, to get at those people. Um, and world leaders. And world leaders. We're going to look at that in clothed yeah. David, and we're going to look go back to the Old Testament for a moment. And you look at um, Psalm 2, just for a second, Psalm 2. We're going to see how this applies to the persecuted church as well. Psalm 2, look right there. Yeah, which for um, Let's see. Hold on one second. You out there? Right? Yep. Okay. Just read the first two verses. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. I'll say those first three verses, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? In other words, they're, they're, what they're thinking is not true. A vain thing is an empty thing. They got some concept. Maybe they're thinking we got to eradicate Christianity. We can't have biblical laws like, you know, in terms of what a marriage is or what how what we teach our children. All of you, they're saying, why do the people imagine a vain thing? And this is just out of individual, it's nations, it says, nations rage. Then it says authorities, the kings of the earth. These are government officials, presidents, prime ministers, kings, dictators. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Mm. They could actually, in the United Nations, could come out with laws one day against the Christian faith. Mm. They might say, you're violating this guy's right to have four wives or have pedophilia. Who knows what's coming down the yeah. road? But you notice how they all come together. Think about when Jesus they, they put Jesus on trial. Remember yes. the Sadducees, the Pharisees, then you had Herod, and then you had Pilate, uh, and they're they're testing him and all that, and they're he's done nothing wrong, but they're 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 counseled together against the Lord and against who is anointed. Yeah, anointed means what? Messiah, right? Christus. Mm-hmm. So they're against God, and they're against Christ. Mm-hmm. Right there, this is thousands of years old, and that's what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said. America's lost. They don't fear God anymore. Exactly. You lost the fear of God, and the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If we as a nation feared God, mm-hmm. uh, things would clean up in the entertainment world. There'd be less divorces and alcoholism and drug abuse and yes. child abuse and all this. But we don't fear God, so everybody's like left on their own. 
to do whatever they please. Yeah, you know, a lot of addictions are related to separation from God, right, Jan? Oh, yeah, and a lot of that is the separation from the Father from the home. Mm -hmm. So many problems in America today is the Father is absent. Yes, not taking his role as the Father, spiritual head of the family, leading the family in prayer and Bible, and setting an example for his children, who then will set it for the grandchildren. And it's a breakdown. It's a breakdown up and down the line. So we see that. Mm -hmm. And then look what they say when they get together, these government officials. Let us break their bonds in pieces yeah. and cast away their cords from us. In other words, they don't want no no authority. We don't want your laws. We don't want these things. It's like, good grief, you know, two weeks we're going to vote on this uh, issue one, which basically says the government wants to keep and give you the right to kill a baby. I mean, mm -hmm. when you scratch through yeah, it all, every, that's what it's about. That's where it's and I mean that's that goes back in the old testament, Baal and Moloch, where they made their daughters, sons and daughters pass through fire. It's 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 so primitive, it's so blatantly, but the government said we gotta vote on this because we wanna make sure we can kill these little babies. A society is always measured how they take care of their weakest members. What I mean by that, the aged, the really old, uh, mentally challenged, physically challenged, or the youngest, and the youngest, most innocent would be the baby. Mm -hmm. And when you lose those things, you got big problems. You're slight. And yes. they're saying here, these government officials don't want any of God's control over them. Mm -hmm. And that's why it says in the book of Judges, there was no king in the land at that time, so everybody did what was right in their own eyes. So now we go there down. It is. Look at that. Right Look at God's response. Look at verse four through six. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Mine, mine went off, but go ahead. All right. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. This is God. The Lord shall hold him in derision. He's going to cause confusion. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. That's a rough thing when God speaks in his wrath. And distress them in his deep displeasure. He's going to cause confusion. He's going to cause havoc coming upon these people. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. That's his anointed one. That's Jesus. You see how he says, I set my king. Then, now, it shifts. It's like Jesus is almost speaking here. Yes. Verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. We know one day Jesus is coming mm -hmm. back as king of kings, lord of lords. Remember? Yes. Uh, and the ends of the earth, as your possession. He's going to be the ruler. He's going to be unzied, ruling the whole earth. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then he says this, you shall break them with a rod of iron. He's coming in judgment. Mm -hmm. You shall dash them with like uh, a potter's vessel. That's his coming judgment. Now it seems like it shifts to the Holy Spirit, which is saying, now therefore be wise, O kings. In other words, rulers of that, be wise. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. Serve the Lord with Pierre. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son. In other words, embrace him, lest he be angry. That's what you see in Revelation, the wrath of the Lamb coming. And you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. When God's wrath is kindled but a little, it's big. Oh my gosh. And that's why when we study Revelation, David, it talks about the wrath of the Lamb. That's a strange term. But it means God's wrath coming. Oh, We're yeah. in an age of grace now. He's every day we have oh, the opportunity yeah. right. to know and serve Him. Yes. But His wrath. But notice how it ends. Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. It ends on this really hopeful note. To like, hey, God doesn't want to curse you. He doesn't want to judge. No. You. Maybe there's people listening right now. They think I've done too many bad things. God will never forgive me. No. Yeah. 
God is a God of the prodigal. God is a God that wants to reach out to you. He's reaching out to you through this radio program. Yeah. Maybe you're listening. You've never heard this before. I would urge people to get right with God. And they'll turn their back on your old way of life. It's called repentance. Mm-hmm. And by faith, receive Jesus Christ into your life. Don't wait. Don't wait. And then yeah. find a good church and be yeah. part of the the family of God. Mm-hmm. You know? Get into a small group. Yeah. Get into Bible studies. You know, uh, the other thing I just want to clarify before we go is when when we refer to the fear of God itself, it, it's 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 not just that He can squash us, but it's more to have a sense of awe and submission to Him. So you're in awe of Him and His power. Yeah, right. But, you know, it's not just He's going to crush you. Right. Uh, and and you know, I want to make sure that that was clear because you know I needed to hear that when I first got into it Um, because he only wants what's best for you, but he is going to put you through the trials because he's trying to get us all like his son. Yeah. To the best, to the best of our ability. Right. Right. Um, And that's sometimes very painful. Yeah. (laughs) So um, thank you once again for all listening. This is, like I said, November 5th is the day of prayer for the persecuted church. And uh, they have a great site. You go to their website, the persecuted church. And uh, you'd be thinking, we don't often think about those around the world that are persecuted. Often we're just beset with our own issues or problems, Mm -hmm. but it's very real. And so uh, we just want to close off on that note. I just want to pray for anybody listening that has not come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. This is the day, you know, this is, we're in the autumn season. It's the harvest season. So uh, let me just pray. Yeah, please, Jan. And also for, you know, everything going on in the Middle East and Right. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. Every direction we look, we see your creative beauty and power, how the seasons change. Just on, I mean, we set our clocks back at a regular time. The sun comes up at a certain time. It goes down at another time. So you are the God of the universe, but you're also the God of the individual. Very hairs on our head are numbered. You care for the individual person that's even listening today. Maybe that person is far from you. I pray that some of the words that were spoken today would draw him to you, Jesus, in repentant faith. We pray for the Middle East, everything that's going on in Israel. We are told in the Psalms, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Those that pray shall prosper. We pray for the people that are getting hurt, both Jewish, uh, Palestinian, little children. We pray for uh, the necessary. We pray for a quick but a lasting peace would come to that part of the country. It's such a small country, Lord, and you use that country so mightily throughout all history. We have the Holy Scriptures today because Jewish prophets brought it to us. We have a knowledge of God because of the Jewish nation. We have a Messiah who came from the light of Judah, which was the Jewish tribe of the 12 tribes of of Jacob. We, with the early church, we studied the book of Acts, was Jewish. The writers of the New Testament were all Jewish except for the writer Luke, perhaps. But, Lord, we do pray for peace. We pray for peace of Israel and that whole country, and we do pray it comes quickly. Thank you again, Lord, for our time together. Thank you for the freedom we enjoy in this country, and thank you for everyone assembling to gather on church on Sunday. Uh, as we praise you, we can also praise for all those around the world, brothers and sisters of Christ who are undergoing persecution and torture and imprisonment. We just pray for them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.